Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. the MLB BFS strategy show. We've got another big slate to go over for today. Terry and I are going to get right into it once again. Getting used to this new combo, Terry and myself. How's it going, man? Did you have any success in, in DFS last night? Whether it was, and well, no, there's no NBA, but uh, NFL, I actually saw you up there. Uh, I can't remember which tournament it was for a while. I think in yeah, NFL cool. and then uh, MLB, how'd it go? Uh, baseball, not so well. Uh, lost a little bit on uh, DK. I just ran a full slate in, uh, I think, the Minimax, the dollar Minimax, and, you know, maybe a few others. But uh, nothing nothing really to speak of in baseball. And then, yeah, you mentioned football. Last night had one of those nights where I was, uh, for a very brief little amount of time, in first winning like $95,000. And then I think I ended up losing like seventy five overall <laughs> over the night. That didn't last. But I didn't think I was going to get there when I had just uh, Noah Fant and the defense left. Uh, in that second game. So wasn't exactly a, a big sweat for me. Yeah. Yeah. Those two gamers are tough. Everything can uh, just change so quickly on any short slate for uh, whether it's NFL, MLB, NBA, like it just one, one score. And all of a sudden the standings are flipped upside down. It seems like um, <laughs> you can't buy the boat anymore. You can't uh, pay off the house anymore. You know, all, all the dreams that you had for a few minutes are gone. You know, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah exactly. Anything last night? Uh, no, nothing good. I played a bunch of showdown NFL and um, didn't didn't go that well, although I had a bunch of top 1% scores. So I felt pretty good about it. Um, in the late game, early game did not go as planned. I had a, a bunch of uh, James Conner. He got hurt. Uh, and so didn't have the backup running back. But uh, that happens. Injuries happen sometimes. Um, and if you want to play a little bit... Uh, easier game i would say go over to yahoo daily fantasy sports they are the sponsor of this show um and they're running it back with the 350k baller 35k to first ten dollar entry 150 max and they've got csv edit so they're making it really easy for you to uh to play nfl dfs especially over there but if you like mlb they've got some solid tournaments going over there tonight as well uh just 12 percent management fee on their 15 dollar 20 max it's a really good tournament 2K to first, so you're playing for pretty decent sized prizes, and um, you're not going to play against a lot of pros over on Yahoo. Is is the great thing they do have overlay every once in a while, um, and you're going to want to build that bankroll to play NFL um, for the next what 20 weeks, assuming things go pretty well. They're, they're going pretty well right now, um, so hopefully that's that uh, you know keeps up. Same thing with MLB. Um, they started pretty poorly. Uh, they started on a bad note with the with COVID, um, and now it looks like they've hopefully got it figured out. So hopefully all these sports can finish out their seasons. NHL and NBA has gone swimmingly, um, so it's pretty exciting to see all these sports going on at once, although it is a lot of work 
uh, when you're doing content for multiple sports at once, as, as you know, Terry. Um, let's get into the games because we've got 12 of them. we got to be out of here in about 50 minutes or so. So we're going to hit on the key points of each game. And then uh, uh, the NFL guys will come on right after. Um, they'll be taking a first look at week two. So you're going to want to tune into that show if you plan on playing NFL DFS uh, in week two. Let's start with the Mets and the Phillies. We've got Rick Porcello and Jake Arietta on the mound. Five implied total for the Mets, 4.6 for the Phillies. Both these pitchers priced in the mid-range over on DraftKings. Looking at their prices on Yahoo, I think that's probably where we're going to have the most interest in these guys. If we're going to have interest in them at all, 27 bucks for Porcello, 25 for Arietta. So they look decent over there. I think they're probably priced out of play on DraftKings for me. Um, but what are you seeing in this game, Terry? Do you like either pitcher? And then feel free to hit on the bats as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think it's probably a Yahoo only play over there where they're a little bit on the cheap side. We went through some of the pricing on the early bird with Emac last night over on Yahoo, and we agreed that those guys in that tier, as compared to some of the guys in the $30 tier, you might be able to do a little bit more with the bats. A little bit pricey for me on DraftKings. You could probably get away with it if there are like mid-range bats that you like, but I don't really want to pay 78 for Rick Porcello or 75 for Jake Arrieta. So not really in play for me there. The one-pitcher site's definitely not. Porcello pitching a little bit better overall this year, uh, but there's just not much there. Uh, he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. Uh, he has uh, limited his four-seamer. He's only thrown his four-seamer like 10% of the time, doubled his sinker usage. Uh, and it's working okay for him to keep the ball on the ground, keep it in the yard. But uh, again, it's Rick Porcello, not a pitcher I'm going to trust, not a real DFS pitcher for us anyway. Uh, Arietta on the other side just doesn't really have much anymore. 17.1% uh, strikeout. It's been trending down over the last few years. Throwing a slider again 23% of the time hasn't really made a tremendous difference for him. He wasn't throwing it all last year. Uh, good amount of medium and soft contact, in, uh, limiting uh, the hard, hard contact a little bit but still getting hit. And the Mets seventh in baseball since the start of 2019 with uh, 230 home runs in the split, 109 WRC plus. So I like that. I like the offense on both sides in this one. Yeah. I, I like the bats um, as well. And specifically, I know he's expensive, but I like Harper here, potential home run candidate. I, I'm assuming he grades out pretty well in your home run model against Porcello here. And then um, the Phillies are, I think they were pretty expensive yesterday. They've dropped way down in price on DraftKings. So uh, the only question is you're going to want to keep an eye on them in the top stacks tool, see how they're kind of grading out right now. It doesn't look like uh, their ownership is that high over on DraftKings or FanDuel or Yahoo. Um, and so I'm interested in some of these Phillies 4.6 implied total isn't phenomenal, but prices are good. The value uh, overall is good for this team. So that's going to be the one I'm, I'm going to a little bit more. Uh, I like picking on Arietta. Uh, and if the Mets stack this lineup with a bunch of lefties, um, I think I'll get to some Mets as well. There are 12 teams, so can't really like everyone, uh, but I think <laughs> both teams, uh, you got to have at least a little bit of interest in if you're uh, multi-entering here. Yeah, I think so. And uh, just with the Phillies, the one thing, uh, you mentioned Harper, really expensive, so you're paying up to be different there a little bit. He's only around 5% ownership in early numbers. Uh, the one thing we do have to be aware of, uh, they're going to be without Romuto and uh, without Hoskins. Uh, both those guys are dinged up. I think Hoskins went on the IL and Romuto went for an MRI yesterday, uh, and he's day-to-day uh, -day at, at, at best. So got to keep an eye on that. But the lineup's still pretty good. They moved Boehm up yesterday. They moved Didi into the cleanup spot. 
the back end leaves a little bit, bit to be desired, but you still got Hazley and Kingry down there. They're capable hitters. So there's a, there's a decent amount that you can build out to with those cheap prices on uh, throughout that lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move it on to Toronto and Yankees knock out a couple more of these games. We can stay on pace. Uh, we've got the Blue Jays at a four implied total. Yankees 5.1 implied total. This is going to be another 7.05 p.m. Eastern start. Taiwan Walker and D.V. Garcia. Is it D.V. for your Yanks here? Is that, is that how you pronounce been, that? I've been calling him Davey. They also call him Little Pedro because he looks like Pedro Martinez. He's got a curveball like Pedro okay. Martinez. We can go with that too, you know, however you want to do it. Yeah, Future yeah. Favor, we can call him that. Multiple like side award yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Davey is a minus 160 favorite. $6,800 on DraftKings. Uh, is that one of the guys you like in the cheap range here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the kids, the kids for real. Uh, he's all the way up to 8,900 over on FanDuel. A little bit of a tougher ask on the one pitcher, but at 68 on DK, all over that price. Uh, he is very much a real pitcher and pretty much ready. Uh, the Yanks were in a real season going to consider at least having him on the back end of the rotation or bringing him up mid-season anyway. So this isn't one of those starters who's just getting an opportunity and wasn't really you know, fully baked, but they're putting him in this year because they don't really care like some of the other kids we're seeing. Uh, he's uh, six strikeouts in each of his first three starts. He was mid-30 strikeout guy through every stop in the minors, through seven shutout innings against this same Blue Jays team last time out. Uh, his curveball's got 2,750 RPMs to spin on it. It just drops and dies. Guys can't touch it. So love the kid, love the spot. Uh, Jay's 15th in baseball against righties uh, with uh, 190 home runs since last year started. 181, uh, 181 ISO, uh, sub-average uh, WRC plus at 92. So good spot for the kid. Uh, on the other side, Taiwan against the Yankees. I still don't really, really believe in Taiwan Walker. I don't think so. I could probably get to some of these Yankees bats, but uh, I think you can probably roll some of him out there too. There's plenty of strikeouts available in the Yankees lineup and he is pitching better uh, and 7,900 kind of one of those mid range prices. It's a little bit in the dead zone for me uh, on DK, but I think you can get to it if you like it, if he's projecting well, or if Alex has him uh, high up the top, the top starters. Yeah. So, you know, the Yankees lineup isn't as watered down now. I think, it's probably enough for me to get off of Walker, their active roster with a 111 WRC plus versus righties, pretty low K rate, uh, all things considered, um, even when you add in stand and judge um, against righties. So yeah, I, I'll probably pass on Walker. Uh, I ran my crunches for DraftKings and FanDuel right before the show. Alex just dropped the rankings. If you guys are premium members, uh, rankings, projections, ownership, top stacks, all that's out. And then I'll get updated throughout the day. Um, I was getting to a lot of Garcia at, uh, at 6,800. Um, right now he's my second highest home pitcher on DraftKings. I feel pretty comfortable about that. Uh, going to face a decent amount of righties. It looks like, uh, and you kind of detailed why the matchup is solid. So, uh, not only is he one of the better values on the slate, he's, you know, there, there's a couple guys at the top that we're going to talk about that are quality options. Um, you priced up in the nine, 10 K range on DraftKings. But after that, it kind of falls off a cliff. So I'm going to find myself with a lot of uh, Davey Garcia at uh, 6,800 here. Like I said, second high zone pitcher. I've got him at over 30%. Just worried his ownership might come up uh, quite high um, and yeah. get closer to Arkady, uh for Houston. But we'll talk about him later as well. Uh, any bats you want to point out on either side? 
So I can always get to some Yank stacks, but I'm a big homer that way. Uh, but they are good, and they're going, uh, you know, very uh, under-owned just for their general quality, their general power upside uh, in a home game against Taiwan Walker. I can justify some Yankee stacks. Uh, LeMahieu and Voight, very expensive. LeMahieu is an excellent player. Uh, that's a little bit of a price tag for uh, for the all-or-nothing Luke Voigt. But I think we can swallow it because a lot of the other prices in that lineup are, are workable. Uh, you can get Clint Frazier in there at 44, Hicksy at 39. So there's some stuff to work with there. Uh, and I know Judge and Stanton are supposed to be back this week. I haven't seen anything saying they're back today or anything. But keep an eye on what the final lineup looks like. You never know. Yeah, I, I've got them in. Uh, I guess not in, uh, but they're, they're kind of questionable right now um they could be returning today one could be returning today maybe maybe they don't return today um not exactly sure what the yankees lineup is going to be uh but great part about that is you're going to know a few hours before the game starts whether or not these guys are are back in and uh it's just kind of crazy to see the yankees in the top stack tool at sub two percent ownership possibly with judge and stanton returning and a five implied total um so i'll be taking advantage of some Yankee stacks uh, kind of across the board, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. Let's go to Kansas City and Detroit. We've got Danny Duffy going up against Matthew Boyd. 4.3 implied total for the Royals. 4.3 as well for the Tigers. This is essentially a pick em. Um Duffy 7,700, Boyd 8K. Uh, I'm seeing the Tigers' bats are really cheap going up against Duffy. Uh, and I'm assuming they're probably going to get more ownership than they should. I guess right now they're not really getting any ownership, but they do have a decent value metric. Uh, what's your favorite parts of this game? Pitchers, hitters, take it wherever you'd like. So I was probably going to, I mean, just on on general thinking, I was going to say maybe those Tigers bats, Tigers against the lefty have been uh, you know pretty decent in terms of WRC plus uh, over the last year or so. But I don't know. I'm just looking at the top uh, starters tool. Alex seems to really like Danny Duffy. Uh, he's got Duffy fourth overall on the uh, starters tool there, and he's trending a little bit under own. So that's interesting to me. I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit. Uh, I'm not getting, I'm getting an okay projection on Duffy uh, and it's a fan duel based. So it's a, it's a little different, but uh, that's interesting to me. So I'm going to look at Duffy a little bit harder than I was uh, overall tigers. Uh, uh, 110 WRC plus uh, against left-handed pitching since the start of last year. So they're capable against lefties. Uh, Duffy 23.9, uh, 9.6154 uh, is his line. 23.9% strikeouts, 9.6% walks and a 154 home run for nine this year. Uh, got away with four walks against the Indians the last time out. Hasn't, I, I don't think he's pitching all that well. So I'm curious to see what it is. Maybe it's just the Tigers uh, factor uh, for Alex, but uh, that's curious. And then I'm getting a kind of a big projection on Boyd, which uh, surprises me. The Royals active roster since the start of 2019, 27th uh, in baseball with only 50 home runs. Their ISO is 164. Their WRC plus is 92, so 8% below average. So Boyd could have a start here. He made like four starts where he was pitching kind of well, and then he got lit the last time out by the Brewers. Uh, so at 24.4% strikeout rate, he was a 30% strikeout rate last year. So it's in there, but the home run factor scares me. His home run per nine this year, 3.12. He's given up uh, 12 of 13 home runs to right-handed hitters. His career home run per nine is 178 to righties. Very, very scary there. So I might just roll small parts of all of this, little pieces of each offense and a little piece of each pitcher. 
Yeah, I, I'm not super interested in the offenses, although you can always take a, a bat or two against Boyd just because of the home run issues. And you mentioned his strikeouts being down this season, projected to face eight righties uh, in this projected lineup that I'm seeing for Boyd. Uh, Alex has him as the most overowned pitcher on DraftKings right now if he sticks around this 30% uh, ownership projection. He just hasn't been Boyd of last year. And so that's probably what's knocking his projection down. Um, we're getting into a decent sample of seven, eight starts for some of these guys. Um, the strikeout rate again, that that's a big drop off over 5% drop off from last season. And then Duffy seems to always grade out well uh, in Alex's projections. So whatever he deems an important stat, Duffy must be doing that. Um, but if you look at, if you just kind of go through his box scores um, and like his overall plate discipline numbers, 10% swinging strike rate, 30% O swing percentage. Those are pretty average numbers. Uh, it's not like he's, you know, pitching all that well. He's given up uh, three and six earned runs in two out of his last three starts. He's not going super deep in the games. So I'm a little bit confused uh, on Duffy, why he grades out so favorably in the top stacks tool. Um, because I was getting to a little bit of him just, just using the projections on the site. Um, but when I kind of look into the numbers, I, I, I feel a little bit uneasy about playing Duffy. So I'm going to end up getting off of him. But like I said, there's just not, there's just not that many options once you get past the top couple guys. So if you're just spending up on bats, you might end up with like a Duffy Garcia pairing and just play whichever top bats you'd like. Um, that could be the reason why his ownership, uh, why his projection uh, looks better or why, why he's popping up in lineups, even though his projection isn't all that uh, great. And then same thing for Boyd. So I'm hoping this one stays pretty quiet. Maybe, maybe a couple bats against um, Boyd. And then uh, I, I don't know exactly what I want to do yet with Danny Duffy. We'll see where he ends up as the day goes on. Anything else you want to mention in this game? That's definitely one I'm going to keep my eye on through the day, Duffy. And uh, just going back to Boyd real quick, I hadn't noticed that ownership number on him. Uh, I'm totally off of him if he's going 30-some-odd percent on uh, DK. Not totally, totally, but uh, that is definitely going to influence my decision uh, on how much I'm going to get to him. So, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. And uh, that would make me, maybe, if, especially if it goes up from there, that would make me lean into maybe some grabbing some of those righties from the Royals. If he's a very popular pitcher on this slate today, I can get into, you know, a Sal Perez, Michael Franco, Hunter Dozier kind of a stack, like grab three of them and then put them with a, a five-man from a, a much ex more expensive good team. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't even factoring in ownership that much when I ran my crunches like I normally would before the slate starts. And I still only got to 5% Duffy, 5% uh, Boyd and a lot more Duffy. Um, so if their ownership's like, I don't think Duffy should be a third of the ownership of Matt Boyd here. I think they're in pretty similar spots. I don't love either one, but give me the guy that's $300 cheaper and projects pretty similarly at a third of the ownership if I could just choose one. So Absolutely. yeah, with it. Let's go to Atlanta and Baltimore. We've got a 5.6 implied total for the Braves, 4.5 for the Orioles. Braves about a minus 150 favorite. I don't know how to pronounce their starting pitcher's name. Uh, Enoa is his last name, I'm assuming. Um, and then Eshelman for the Orioles. Uh, any interest in either pitcher here? I think that's a pretty firm no on uh, on both pitchers. Uh, they were both changes from what I had last night, so I really kind of scratched together some notes real quick. But uh, 
Uh, Inoa was a uh, mid 20 strikeout guy, but walked like 10 to 12% through the minors. 15.7% uh, strikeout, 14.6% walk in his 17 innings in the show. Not exactly a big sample. Uh, fifth percentile in ex-Woba in that tiny sample. Throws a slider, fastball, changeup combo. Really all I got on him. Not projecting out well. Not much interest even against this Orioles team. Uh, Eshelman, worse, uh, 605x fifth this year in his uh, 25 innings. Only a 108 whip somehow. Uh, only striking out 11% of hitters. And just that's who he is. 36 innings last year. He only struck out 13.4% of hitters. Just not a real major league starter. So I think we can definitely, definitely lean into the bats from the Braves and then probably roll out a little bit of uh, Orioles as well against, uh, I would say, Wascar. Leave the H off and then kind of like Oscar, but with a little Spanish flair on it. All right. There we go. I, I can get behind that. Josh and I, when we first started the strategy show, like every couple of days we'd have a, a guy where we would just look up the pronunciation on stream. We would go for like an hour and a half. Back when we didn't have as many shows, it was Josh and I in the morning. And then we had live before lock for MLB in the summer. And that was it. <laughs> uh, like two and a half hour uh, morning shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what Lafayette and Josh would have done in those days. Those guys are always going long. They've always got stuff to talk about. Um, so with these guys, when, you know, you, you're unsure about them, um, what I like to do is just look at where they're projecting and see if they're even in play. And he's, you know, it's projected for not even seven and a half points. And so for 5,600, uh, you need a really specific slate uh, or like a short slate to, for him to be in play, I think. Um, so I'm going to pass on him unless his projection jumps way up. Um, and then same thing with Eshelman, 5.6 implied total. No thanks against this Braves team. Um, Braves looking like one of the better stacks on the day. And because they're tough to fit in, they are grading out very favorably in the top stack tool. So this is an anti-optimizer play to some extent. They're still getting some ownership. Um, but I love getting to the Braves here. In fact, I want to check my exposures and see actually where I got to them on my first run through things. Not as high as what's that? Oh, I was just going to say they're a team that I've been making sure that I'm manually forcing in if I'm not getting them in some of these spots because they smoke right hand in pitching. Uh, the righties in the lineup toward the bottom of the lineup, like Duvall and Riley, have not been getting into crunches for me naturally. So I've been kind of yeah. manually forcing them in and, uh, and boosting them just because they've been doing so well. So I really, really like the spot for the Braves there. Yeah. And I've noticed um, like there's a couple teams too, where I think it's a really awesome spot and I don't get to them in projections. The Braves are usually one of those teams. And then like, I think the twins, I know I always get to, and then there's teams like I always get to the Astros. Uh, I always get to like the teams in Coors, no matter what. Um, and you know, it might be a little bit different where, when you use projection systems from different places or if you make your own, um, but I, I want to get to some Braves for sure. Right now, I'm not getting to much, but I hadn't factored in the top stacks tool. I usually bump up those teams that, uh, you know, there is a difference between their top stack ownership, uh, top stack percentage and their ownership percentage. So uh, try to bump those guys up um, so they show up in crunches and then see where each individual lineup grades out. But Braves are an awesome play if you can fit them in. And I think there's enough cheap pitching where, it shouldn't be too difficult to get a handful of brave stacks um, in your portfolio of lineups. Anything on the Orioles side you want to mention before we move it on? A uh, guy that comes up a lot now, uh, just uh, in his first year, Ryan Mountcastle cleaning up for this team right now, uh, DJ Stewart, decent little bat hitting ahead of him, getting 
okay projections uh, in the home run model on those guys. Maybe if you wanted to grab a little three-man Orioles, I would do it with like a Cedric Mullins, DJ Stewart, Ryan Mountcastle. Maybe you could stretch it with Severino and Nunez if you really wanted to go five-man with it and uh, build a cheap five-man. Not many people are going to be on it, and uh, you know, is not exactly a you know, it's not Clayton Kershaw out there. So I would uh, maybe look at some limited Orioles stacks, but not a lot. Yeah, I like the three or four-man Orioles stack here. The top top four or five guys, uh, or maybe even six if you include Nunez. Uh, there's a good mix of cheap bats, a little bit of power, and uh, good position eligibility. Like Severino, I know he's 4K, but as a catcher in a stack, you always like to get your catcher in there. At least I do. Um, and then, you know, cheap shortstop, Iglesias at 3,800, Mullins 25, Stewart 24 on DraftKings. So good salary savers. If you're spending up on one of your stacks, you're getting up to the Carrasco Flaherty range. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Flaherty, actually. St. Louis and Milwaukee, 4.4 implied total for the cards, 3.7 for the Brewers. Flaherty, decent favorite here, minus 140, minus 145, depending on where you look. Uh, he is 9,400 bucks on DraftKings, and then Brett Anderson at 6,700. Flaherty, is he an elite option on tonight's slate? Um, or is this a spot where we're just playing him because he projects highly uh, on a raw point basis and you're not actually that crazy about the spot? What do you see for Flaherty against the Brewers here? I'm on the spot. I, I, I like the spot against the Brewers. Uh, if you go back to the start of last year against right-handed pitching, they're 13th with a 185 ISO, 99 WRC plus, like right on league average, uh, and 204 home runs, uh, 13th in baseball also. Most of that is from last year. If you go to this year, they're just 22nd in baseball with 33 home runs, 26th with a 141 ISO, 77 WRC plus, so 23% below average creating runs. They strike out a fair amount of time, and Flaherty's a very, very good strikeout pitcher. He's got excellent whiff on uh, his slider against both hands. Throws a very good sinker that uh, keeps guys on their toes. Excellent quality contact numbers. Guys have struggled to make good contact against him. Uh, 3.59 XFIP over his 26 and a third innings this year. He hasn't pitched a lot because they haven't played a lot. They've missed some games. They've got some seven inning games in there. So I'm all over Jack Flaherty. I think the price is a a misprice. I think he should be a thousand more maybe against uh, this Brewers team in this spot. So I definitely want to get some Flaherty in my life tonight. And it looks like he ranks third on the uh, top starters tool behind Carrasco and Darvish. So if he's going to go there, it looks like he's drawing a ton of ownership. So Carrasco at no ownership, but more money, maybe pay up to be different as an overall. But I like Flaherty. And I think, I hope that number comes down on where his ownership is because that's like around where I'd want to be. But I would probably be around with the field on him if it stays there. And I'll try and get over, but I don't know if I can get over that much. Yeah, I got to a surprising little amount of Flaherty compared to Darvish. He's actually the guy that I got to a bunch. Um, 25% K rate for Flaherty isn't fantastic. In fact, I thought he had like a 35% against righties last year. So maybe regressing just a little bit. Um, but still, that that's really quality um, for 9,400. He's missing a lot of bats, 13.4%. Swinging strike rate. Uh, the match against the Brewers isn't too bad. Average, I think, at worst. Um, low implied total, one of the lowest on the slate for Milwaukee here. Um, so I, I guess I like him, but just not as much as the other guys uh, in his range, and specifically Darvish, who we will talk about uh, a little bit later. 
anything on Brett Anderson uh, and then any Cardinals bats that you like here? The Cardinals seemingly are always cheap the last couple of years on DraftKings. Always get a little bit of ownership. Um, bunch of guys in the 3K range, but uh, are, are you falling for the Cardinals trap once again here? I might be. Uh, Anderson, I don't think there's much in the tank right now for Anderson. Cards active roster, 241 ISO against lefties. So I think they could put them together uh, against him here. There's a couple righty bats in that lineup I like. Uh, Edmund hits from both sides of the plate. You've got Goldschmidt there. You've got the young in there. You've got uh, the ageless Yadi Molina, if you really wanted to roll him out a catcher, only 3,600 and uh, you know, trending under two uh, 2% ownership right now. Uh, and then you get to like Carpenter and a lefty-lefty. And then O'Neill and Bader at the back end of the, of the projected lineup. I like both those guys. Ton of power in O'Neill's bat. A good amount in, uh, in Bader's bat. And uh, Bader can swipe some bags for you. So I think you can do some interesting things with that cards lineup. I don't think I'd be rolling all that much Brett Anderson out there, uh, even as a price play. Yeah. It, the reason I asked you if you've fallen for the traps, because it looks like I'm going to. Um, <laughs> low strikeout guy, lefty. Cardinals have been actually really good against lefties this season. 134 WRC+. plus. And they're not going to strike out uh, very often, especially against a low strikeout guy in Anderson. So should be a, a lot of balls in play, which I always like when I'm targeting stacks. Like I, I don't, you know, it's always scary when you get a guy with a super high contact rate, uh, super high hard contact rate, but he strikes out 25% of hitters. Like that's the guy that could shut down your stack, even if he lets a couple guys on base. Whereas Anderson, uh, he, if he walks a couple guys, um, you know the ball is at least getting in play. Um, so you try to just avoid the double plays and, and you know, the back-breaking innings. Um, so I love targeting against guys where most of the time the ball is going to end up uh, in play. So give me some Cardinals. They're, they're uh, I think, my third or fourth uh, highest-owned team on DraftKings. Uh, looking at them on FanDuel, they're actually outside of the top five for me on FanDuel, but Still getting to a couple guys in uh, the 10% range, which I don't mind. Are we done with this one, or do you want to uh, mention anything else? Any Brewers bats against Flaherty that you'd like to target? Nobody really popping for me, to be honest. Uh, maybe if you wanted to throw some lefties at him, you could grab like a Vogel Bach, uh, obviously Christian Yelich, and then work in uh, like a Keston Hero, who I trust uh, against either hand, but uh, not much there. Not really much there. That would just be a, a total, I want to be different than in the entire field kind of a stack because nobody's on them. Yeah. Let's go to the Twins and the White Sox. We've got a 4.1 implied total for the Twins, 4.5 for the Sox. Randy Dobnik and Dane Dunning are your pitchers. DraftKings loves Dobnik for whatever reason, 8,400. He's been priced over 8K a couple times uh, this season. He's got a 13% K rate. I mean, this guy cannot get swings and misses. Um, but he's actually been, you know, not terrible for them for the most part. Um, I think if we're going to either pitcher, it's probably Dunning, but uh, do you like Dunning at all? 7,600, low implied total for the Twins, one of the lowest you're going to see. Yeah, I do. I do uh, like Dunning a little bit. I think we can get to him. Uh, probably be limited shares for me. I just don't know how much I need to get to him, uh, but I think he's capable. I think he's uh, in a okay-ish spot here uh the twins uh if you go back to the start of last year they brutalized right-handed pitching but they've been struggling a little bit more with it this year so i think he could get away with a decent start uh the only home run he's given up this year was in his first start went six shutout innings uh with only three strikeouts against pittsburgh but they suck 
uh, his last time out. But uh, overall, just 90, sitting in the 95th percentile exit velocity allowed, 82nd in hard hit rate, stack cast. So doing pretty well. Good, good little pitcher and a decent prospect for them. Uh, on the other side, Dobnak, you, you hit right on the head. He just he doesn't strike anybody out. Emac said it's, uh, I think, in jest yesterday, but it's almost exactly true, uh, is that he strikes out a guy like every other inning, uh, which is you know very much holding up his numbers. Uh, and going up against the White Sox, ninth in baseball with 223 home runs against righties dating back to last year. 170, uh, 177 ISO uh, is 19th in baseball, which is a little surprising for them. Uh, but the WRC plus is two uh, percent over, so they create runs pretty well against righties. Uh, so I have no problem getting to the White Sox here, even though he does limit home runs. Um, he's a over uh, 0.51 career home run per nine overall, uh, 440x fifth this year versus a 361 ERA. So like you said, he he pitches pretty well, but he's not a DFS pitcher for sure. So I won't have much Dobnak. Uh, and I'll be curious to see what it does to my White Sox shares overall. But I'm I'm going to try and get some White Sox in my lineup. Yeah, if you look at the quality of contact uh, against Dobnik, it's just not very quality. Uh, 31%, 31.4% hard hit rate, 17% line drive rate. Like, you can stick around in the league uh, if you can limit some of this contact. And he can be really frustrating to stack against because, I mean, it looks like they should be just bombing home runs off him every time. I've, I've watched him pitch a couple times, and uh, it doesn't look impressive, but he, he does seem to get the job done for whatever reason. That being said, uh, you're getting a White Sox team who uh, is going to put the ball in play, like I was just talking about with the previous game. Yes, they're overpriced for um, for their implied total, but I, I think I'm going to have more than the field has of the White Sox, which isn't really saying much, but um, they're at under 1% total ownership right now in the top stacks to one DraftKings. Like if I get to 5-7% of the Sox, it's just such a high upside team. They've got home, home run hitters basically one through seven. Um, I mean, I, I, I love getting this team at low ownership. And like I mentioned, there's not only there's one, but there's two really cheap pitchers we like uh, in the sub 7K range. Uh, one we haven't gotten to yet, and then Garcia for the Yankees. So that's a potential pairing. If you get 10, 15 points out of both of those guys and your stack goes nuts at 1%, um, you're going to be sitting pretty good in some of these top-heavy tournaments. So I do like the Sox against Dobnik, even though uh, I'm ready to be tilted when he's throwing six innings with one strikeout and uh, and one earned run. Um, anything sure. left in this game? No, I think I think you drilled it. As far as uh, the White Sox go, it's all about that ownership. When when a team is that good, uh, I never say I don't care about the matchup, but to a degree, uh, when nobody's on the team that good, I can take the matchup out of it a little bit, and that makes me want to get to the Sox. I think you drilled the percentage, like somewhere around 7 to 10% in my yeah. uh, chair. Uh, the Twins on the other side against Dunning. If I am if I end up getting to a fair amount of Dunning, I might roll some Twins out there just to have the other side of it a little bit. But the lineup has been, I don't know, up and down. They lost Eddie Rosario, wasn't in the lineup yesterday. Not sure if he's going to be in today. Sano wasn't in the lineup yesterday. So some question marks about who's even going to be in there for that team, um, which could add to the appeal for Dunning, too, if they're missing a few of their key bats. Do you uh, actively try to hedge um, in your lineups? Because this is something that I know people do when they're playing multiple lineups in MLB DFS. And I think it's a pretty sound strategy, but I don't force it. Um, but is there ever a time where, like, you've got a lot of a pitcher and they're going up against a, a team, like a pretty scary team like the Yankees or the Twins? Um, do you actively, like, go out of your way to do hedge stacks? 
I'll actively go out of my way sometimes in the right situation, and it, w- it would have to be more dramatic than this for me to really okay. dig in and, and push it. Uh, but what I'll do is try and push it into the crunch, but not specifically try and pull it back out when I sort or when I I'm gotcha. putting it. So I'll have it live in there so that I can get to it in my uh, in my setup, but I won't force it into what I actually, have, I guess, is the uh, the idea. Uh, yeah, uh, makes sense. I just always like to hear people's uh, opinions on like macro DFS strategies. So uh, won't get too off track here because that, I mean, we could probably go for another 15 minutes on those kind of topics. Uh, Jordan, our producer, points out that the MLB Top Stacks tool is free today. Go check that out. That's the one we've been referring to. Uh, it's a great look, uh, just like a holistic view of the slate, whether you're hand building, using an optimizer, you want to know what you should be getting to, what the field's getting to. And then uh, where to differentiate and the top stack tool combines ownership and uh, projection all into one. And uh, if you're building lineups quickly, I think there's not a better tool out there. Um, And it's just a great talking point for the slate. See who's under owned, see who's over owned, all that good stuff. So go check out the top stacks tool that is free for today only. Rangers and Astros 3.9 applied total for the Rangers 5.2 for the Astros. Kyle Cody, and Jose Urquidy on the mound. Urquidy's 6,600 on DraftKings, and he projects pretty well on Alex's. I'm sure he projects pretty well uh, in your projections that you do as well, Terry. I mean, is there any reason to avoid this guy at 6,600 today? Seems like he doesn't even need to be close to perfect for him to pay off here. Yeah, I think that's the story. And I assume this is that other cheap pitcher that you were talking about. That was my guess when you said it. And uh, yeah, I I think I'm going to be all over it as well. Uh, He does project very well for me as well. I saw where he is for Alex. So yeah, it's a great, great spot. There is like nothing in this Rangers lineup uh, other than Joey Gallo to fear. Uh, And the kid's pitching well. Uh, He's only struck out uh, 7.5% of hitters in his, uh, well, nine-inning sample. Uh, In 41 innings last year, 24% strikeouts, only 4.2% walk. Uh, good control pitcher, so uh, good at keeping the ball in the yard. So I like him. I like the spot here. Rangers, since the start of last year, uh, 14th in baseball with 157 home runs in the split, uh, 184 ISO and a 14% below average WRC+. And I think all that is worse uh, if you just zero it down to this year. So I can get, definitely get to some liquidity. Uh, the, the question I have about him, and maybe you know, what is his stuff? What makes him good? Because I can't identify it. I was poking around in StatCast. I really cannot figure out what makes him a, a good pitcher and a fairly well-regarded prospect, but he does well. He does. I mean, I don't exactly know what it is. I remember looking at this guy just to kind of see his pitch mix last year, or maybe it was two years ago when he first came up and he was projecting really high. I mean, he had a good strikeout rate, but <clears throat> like his underlying stuff, like the play discipline stuff wasn't fantastic. Um, so let's see, I can't find him here on my my Fangraphs page. Maybe he wasn't slated to start uh, last night, but um, I don't know what it is, but he's got a decent strikeout rate. And like the reason you look at plate discipline, I I like to like swinging strike rate is to find guys that are missing bats in smaller samples. But if a guy just has a strikeout rate, that's 25% or 30% um, for a long sample, like strikeouts stabilize pretty quickly as well. Um, So at this point, he kind of is just a good strikeout pitcher. He threw 63 and 88 pitches in his last two outings. It's fully rested. Um, So I'm assuming he can go another 85, 90, 95 pitches if things go well. 
I can't really find anything in the matchup specifically that makes me want to get off of him. So I'd be surprised if he wasn't my highest owned pitcher um, yeah. on DraftKings on FanDuel. It's a little different of a story, uh, but I think I'm still going to get 10, 15, 20% of Urquidy over there uh, as well. And then on Yahoo, he's going to be a staple of my lineups. It's, it's just, it's too good to avoid. Uh, I'm going down with, uh, with Urquidy tonight. If he flops, uh, just move it on to the next slate. What about the Astros bats against Cody here? Yeah, I like the spot for the Astros bats. I wrote about them last night and uh, definitely think they can get to this kid. Uh, Cody, not much of a prospect. He was, uh, if I'm remembering him correctly, is like 26 and had never pitched above uh, high A. And then they brought him up to the majors this year, which is kind of a big jump. Uh, but any guy, anytime a guy's 26 and only pitching in high A, you know he's not really a prospect. You know he's not really going to be a major league pitcher. So he's a big kid. I'll give him that. He's apparently 6'7", 225. So that's good. He's tall. <laughs> but uh, <Massive>. <laughs> yeah, right. Nine and two thirds innings this year. Uh, he's walked 20% of the hitters he's faced. Struck out 27.5 through 55 pitches his last time out. He had a decent strikeout rate and like average walk rate in those uh, in those stops in the minors. But again, it's it's just low low a ball uh, for the most part. So he gets okay whiff on his slider. He throws his sinker 20% of the time. Induces some ground balls, but there's just nothing to get excited about here. And there is stuff to get excited about in that Astros lineup. I know they've struggled a little bit this year. I know some of their big hitters are down. They don't have the magic trash can anymore. But uh, going back to the start of last year, 11th in baseball, 219 home runs against righties, 212 ISO uh, is fourth in baseball, 97 WRC plus is fine, right? Just slightly below league average. Uh, and some of the prices are, are pretty friendly on this team today. So I think you can get there. Uh, you get like a Brantley at 3,600 uh, hitting third. You get into Tucker at only 45, Correa 47. Uh, down the bottom of the lineup, there's some severe discounts on uh, Redick, Diaz, and Maldonado. Uh, and then up at the top, you've got a star, George Springer, only 46, Alex Bregman, only 51. So with the way that the pricing is on uh, on DK, I think you can get to Bregman at 51 without too much problem. Yeah, I like the Astros a lot just to kind of put a cherry on top here. On Yahoo, really good pricing uh, on these Astros. No one except Tucker over 20, uh, over 20 bucks, and he's just 21. Uh, the six through nine hitters um, provide some salary relief. Correa, Reddick, Diaz, and Maldonado, all 11 or $10. Uriel, if he's in the lineup, he's 12 bucks. Um, so you're looking at a really nice Astro stack over on Yahoo. And you could pay up for a guy like Darvish, who's almost $60 on Yahoo. And actually, let's go to that game now. We've got uh, about, f- yeah, five more games. Um, Cleveland. Chicago, 4.7 implied total for the Cubs, 3.9 for the Indians. Carrasco and Darvish are your pitchers. Uh, Darvish is 11-3 on DraftKings. You find it easy to pay up for him because I didn't think I was going to get to a lot of him, but he projects pretty favorably. Good duo with uh, Urquidy or Garcia. Um, that That's going to be how I start a lot of my lineups on DraftKings. What say you? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's going to be a pretty natural click and uh, a pretty natural click for uh, pretty much everybody, which is the uh, the one issue with it. I think that's going to be a popular construction going to one of those high price guys and one of the uh, one of the two uh, discounted guys we talked about in uh, Quiddy or Garcia. So maybe just if you want to get different with things in that SP two slot, maybe consider instead of uh, Quiddy and Garcia, pay up a little bit more to be different with like a Duffy and a Dunning 
who are both trending under uh, under owned and get those guys in conjunction with uh, with Darvish, connect those guys with Darvish. Uh, or maybe if you're playing, uh, if you want to do it the other way around, instead of going to Darvish, go to Carrasco at like, what, uh, sixth of the ownership uh, that uh, the Darvish is getting. You're definitely coming down a little bit projection-wise, probability of success-wise, but it's a good pivot as far as ownership goes. So there's some interesting things to do with like the entire spectrum of pitching there as far as pricing and everything goes. Uh, but I think Darvish is the absolute stud of the slate as far as uh, his opportunity, how he's pitching this year, uh, 33% strikeout rate this year, uh, up from his career 30.3, which is already dominant. He's only allowed four home runs. Uh, it's all about that cutter that he's been throwing since the start of last year. Uh, he gets good whiff on four different pitches. Just awesome. Really dominant, dominant pitcher. So, yeah, I'm happy to pay the price tag for Darvish. It's just a matter of figuring out what I can build together with it. Yeah, Darvish has just been incredibly consistent. After his first start of the season, eight straight starts with at least six innings pitched. Um, so he's been in that six and seven range, striking out a ton of hitters, uh, highest strikeout rate on the slate, swing strike rate above 15%, chase rate well above average as well. I mean, this guy just looks like he's pitching phenomenally. So I like Darvish. Uh, he's my favorite spend-up guy tonight. The only issue is ownership, as it usually is with these top guys. Um, maybe I get to a couple shares of Carrasco if the the gap stays this wide, but a f almost a f I mean closer to a five implied total against a pitcher that's ten five is always scary. So um, I know it's just because the Cubs' offense is good and he could go out and yeah. strike a bunch of guys out, but um, I'm not finding it too logical to get to a lot of Carrasco at this point if his ownership drops and uh, he's getting nothing, then sure, I, I would get to some. But right now, it's a lot of Darvish and not really any bats from this game. Do you like either side? Um, yeah, I don't think I can justify too much on uh, the Indians, uh, even though it's a team I talk about a lot just for how they work for DFS purposes and how they fit with other things. I could probably get to some Cubs. Not too much, because I think Carrasco is going to put up a decent start here. I've probably got a little bit more uh, love for him in this spot than it sounds like you do. Um, I, I decent strikeout rate. There are some strikeouts in in this lineup. Uh, just looking at what Alex has, he's uh, second on the board and top pitcher, and uh, just trending. It's uh, primarily about the ownership for me on Carrasco there. Uh, but I do think these Cubs have enough in this lineup where uh, they could certainly turn on him. Um, since the start of last year, third with 258 home runs, 192 ISO is tenth above average WRC plus at 102. Uh, so they can produce. So I'll probably have a little bit of Cubs just uh, from those bats that we like at the top. Mm -hmm. Grab some of them. They're not getting much ownership at all. So uh, another team that I like to grab when uh, when people aren't really getting to them. Yeah, uh, makes makes sense. Uh, if I had to choose a team, it would be the Cubs. Um, and you're getting some cheap bats, Schorber, Bryant, 42 and 40, uh, 4K. So I don't mind getting to a little bit of that. Um, Let's go to Oakland and Colorado. Coors Field, 6.5 implied total for the A's, 5.2 for the Rockies. Manaya, 8,100, but he's in Coors. He's got a healthy total going against him. I'm not going to get to Manaya. I'm not going to get to Sensatella. There's cheaper guys that I like way more than him. Don't really care about how uh, unowned he is. He should not be owned in this spot at all. And we've got some pretty heavy chalk on the Oakland A's highest total on the slate by a mile. So it makes sense. Um, but something you don't often see in the top stack tool, which again is free. If you guys want to check it out, uh, see the tool that we refer to. 
um, they're a little bit overowned on DraftKings. Um, and that doesn't often happen in Coors Field with six and a half total. They've got one of the chances, the, the highest chances of being the top stack. Um, but it looks like they're not too difficult to fit in with some of these value bats. Piscotti at 4K if he's in. Grossman, 4,300. Uh, Ramon Laureano, 4,300 as well. So it looks like Oakland's priced cheap enough where they're just going to get a ton of ownership. Uh, what do you think about both sides of this game from a hitting perspective? Yeah, so that's interesting that they're uh, that highly ranked on the stacks tool. I mean, obviously, they're going to be up there from uh, from cores, but yeah, drawing that much popularity, that's definitely going to push me away from the A's. Uh, I, I tend to go the other direction from the public uh, with cores just pretty much all the time anyway. Uh, if they're super, super popular, I'll try and get away from it. If the Rockies are trending under-owned, I'll try and get to the Rockies at home. Uh, I try not to go to the super popular away teams. Uh, so in this case, it looks like the Rockies are going dramatically under-owned. Uh, for their chances against uh, against Sean Mania. So I think I'd be all about the other offense and not so much the A's. A's are a little bit diminished losing Chapman out of that lineup. You mentioned Piscotti may or may not be in the lineup today. Uh, they do have Matt Olson, who is uh, trending for close to 30% ownership right now and uh, I'm sure has just had an immense chance to hit a home run. Yeah, pretty good chance in my model to hit a home run. Uh, so that's the big, big threat there. And then there are some capable hitters, you know, obviously Semyon in that lineup. Uh, Listella is a decent hitter, good on base. Uh, Amor Kana is, is good. Robbie Grossman's okay. Loriano is good. But the back end's a little bit weak. Um, so I don't know. I'm skeptical about getting to, to that much A's. And if the public is there that much, I think I'll trim my shares for sure. Uh, no real interest in either pitcher. I, I, I agree with you. I don't really see the need to get there. But uh, to me, I think the story might be about those low on Rockies and uh, get some of those Rockies righties. Um, if I'm remembering uh, correctly, and I don't have it, but uh, I think the power numbers for uh, for right-handed hitters against Manaya are uh, pretty darn good. So I think that's something I can get. Yeah, I, I like uh, the Colorado righties uh, story. Arenado, of course, I'm going to get to a bunch of those guys. Um, probably going to be over the field on Rocky stacks, just because that's pretty low ownership in court. I mean, it's not like they have a three implied total or something. It's still five point two. Um, a little concerned that their top stack percentage isn't that high. Um, but I think I can get over that because they're in Coors and because you get two of the best hitters against lefties in Arenado and Story, uh, assuming Arenado is actually in the game. But it's Coors Field. I mean, do what you want with it. They're, like, There's not too much interesting uh, stuff to say about Oakland just because it's a massive total. Uh, if you can stomach the ownership, by all means. Uh, if you can't, there's... 11 other games to uh, to target here. So there's not a shortage of options. Uh, three more games. What? Just real quick before we, before we move on, just real, yeah. real quick. Uh, that you mentioned the number of games. And if you look down the uh, probability of success column, it's really, on DraftKings especially, very stark. There's two teams at the top soaking up most mm -hmm. of the probability of success. And then teams like three through, I don't know what, like 10 in there are within like 2% of one another. So yeah. there's a big group in the middle where I think we can play the ownership game all day long. So I agree. Colorado's going over what their probability of success is, but it's probably under what they quote unquote should be owned in a course field game there. Uh, so I think that's an easy number to get over the field on. I would agree with that. Let's go to the Dodgers and the Padres 4.6 implied total for the Dodgers four for the pods. Gonsolin and Davies are your pitchers. Uh, anything you want to talk about here, hitters or pitchers? I think it's probably about the hitters on both sides. Um, I 
don't really uh, get too much Gonsolin. I uh, don't really trust Davies. Uh, we've, we've talked about it. He's, uh, he's utilizing his change up a lot more. and It's been a very effective pitch for him this year, and it's made all the difference for him. Uh, that's why we're seeing the increased strikeout rate. Uh, his uh, career is 17.3%. This year is up to 23.7% based off of uh, how he's utilizing that change. But he's getting hit, you know, re- well, not hard, hard, but he's getting hit a little bit. Uh, and I just don't trust that the strikeout rate is really real. I think once people catch up to those changes and, uh, and know what to expect from them, that's going to normalize. So in a longer season, I think that would come right back to earth uh, as we had a few more weeks. So I think we can definitely roll out some Dodgers against them. Uh, going back to last year, 270 home runs is second in baseball against righties. Uh, 239 ISO is first. 124 WRC plus significantly above average. So I think we can attack Zach Davies with bats. I think pretty much the same thing on the other side. Uh, take some of those Padres against Gonsolin. and nobody's going to be on the Padres. Limited ownership on the Dodgers as well. So both of these teams trending on their own. So that's a spot that I, I can definitely get into. Yeah, you're just getting minuscule ownership on these two teams. Um, so I, I like the Dodgers against Davies. I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be some regression coming for Davies. No better team to do it against than these Dodgers. So they're expensive for their implied total, similar to like the White Sox, but they do have an above average top stack percentage uh, despite that. So I'm going to find a way to to get four or five Dodgers, um, uh, four or five man stacks uh, for these Dodgers against Davies. And uh, like, I'm not going to go overboard with it, but I don't think they should be a quarter of the ownership of Oakland just because uh, there's a higher total um, and they're in Coors. So. I like the ownership on the Dodgers, especially. Let's go to San Francisco and Seattle. We've got Tyler Anderson and LJ Newsom. Uh, got that name right. He that, that name scared me last week when we were on the show, but uh, it is LJ. 7,300 for Anderson, 63 for Newsom. Uh, 4.8 implied total for the Giants. 4.3 for the Mariners. Um, anything... Here, I mean, man, I don't see much at all that I'm getting to from hitting, pitching. I mean, it's not the greatest park in the world. I guess the Giants have a decent total at 4.8 runs. You got any interest in Giants hitters here? I haven't really been on the Giants bandwagon for most of the season. I've missed out on the opportunities. I don't know if I'm going to jump on now. Uh, It's a good spot, I guess, for them. Newsom, not much of a pitcher. Uh, definitely wouldn't go to either pitcher. Not much interest in the Mariners lineup here. So I think if I'm going to any part of this game, it would be that Giants lineup. Uh, but they're they're a little pricey for their quality. I know they've been frisky, but uh, I still don't like Yaz at 52 uh, and some of the other guys in the 4,000s. It's affordable, relatively speaking, on DraftKings, but just for their quality, I don't love those prices. I know we're short on time. No, I mean, even if we weren't short on time, I don't think that – uh, this would be a game we'd spend a ton of time on on a 12 game slate. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't like neither of these teams are popping off in the top stack tool. Um, the pitchers aren't projected very highly. Uh, so I'm good to move on to the last game if you are, Terry. Yeah. yeah All right. We, we got stuff to talk about. NFL strategy show is coming on right after this. Uh, it won't be on this page specifically, but if you go to youtube.com slash Osmo, you can find all of our, all of our uh, upcoming streams and past streams. And uh, you'll see the NFL strategy show. They'll be taking a first look at week two NFL DFS. Madison Baumgartner and Julio Teran are your pitchers here. Arizona 
and LA. The Angels 4.9 apply total for the Diamondbacks, 5.7 for the Angels. Uh, second highest total on the slate here for LA against a washed Madison Bumgarner. Uh, how much do you like the Angels today? Are you attacking Bumgarner once again here? Oh, yeah. I definitely think we can get to these Angels. Um, Bummy, yeah, you said it. He's washed. He's leading with an 83-mile-an-hour cutter now. Uh, he's throwing an 88-mile-an-hour fastball to back that up. Uh, that used to be 91 last year and above that before. So he's just lost it all. And I'm not sure really why I was talking about it a little bit last night. It's not like he's had major, major structural injuries. He had wacky injuries, you know, falling off mopeds and stuff like that. But nothing <laughs> should have taken all his quality away, but it's gone. Uh, he's given up uh, 11 home runs in 26 and a third innings this year. Uh, just brutal. That comes to a 3.76 home run per nine so far this year, striking out only 13.7% of hitters. Just nothing here. Uh, I think we can just absolutely throw a bunch of these angels righties at them. Um, and you know who they are. I uh, got uh, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon in there. Justin Upton's still capable of hitting some home runs. Albert Pujols, one of the all-time leading home run hitters. He's tied with Willie Mays at 660. Might get to 661 today. Uh, Joe Adele has only hit three home runs in his major league career, but it's very brief so far. Uh, and there is a just ton of power in that bat. His issue is actually making contact with the ball. If he does, it could fly today. He's going for 0.5% ownership at 2,800 on DraftKings right now. I love building with this angel stack. I think you can do some interesting things. The high prices up top, it's not keeping people off of Trout, but I think it's keeping people off of some of the other bats around him. Uh, so I think it does special things for the stack. I'm all about this Angels team against Mad Bum. Yeah, absolutely love the Angels. Um, they're technically a little bit over-owned, but nothing ridiculous, uh, and they're about a third of the ownership of the A's. Uh, and I don't think these spots are that different. It's just the allure of Coors Field. Um, and yeah, Colorado, or, uh, Oakland projects a little bit higher, uh, but I'd rather get to a bunch of angels and a bunch of these other low-owned teams, the Dodgers, the Padres, you like Terry. Um, looking through, I like the White Sox, the Astros look like they're going to be relatively unowned. Um, so this is a really good slate. Um, we went through all 12 games. Anything else on this slate before we head out of here, before I quick talk about premium content that we've got for free today? Otherwise, Just that's all you just real, real quick uh, before we jump off this game to round it off, uh, the Diamondbacks are in a very good spot against Tehran as well. He's been awful this year, giving up a ton of power as well. But their ownership is gigantic. Um, in the top stacks tool, they are below the Angels uh, in the probability of success and um, double more than double the ownership. So I like the other side of that game, and I think the public's not really – paying attention to Mad Bum and attacking Mad Bum. So get to the other side of that game. Don't, I mean, there's, there's plenty in the Arizona opportunity as well, but there's a better opportunity on the angels. That's all. All right. NFL DFS strategy coming on right now on youtube.com slash Osmo. Subscribe to the channel, hit the like button on the way. I see a bunch of you already did. So thank you for that free premium content for today. NBA player projections. There's a game seven. If I understand correctly, uh, and then we've got MLB Top Stacks, the tool we've been referencing, PGA Top Golfers as well. Thanks for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time on the MLB DFS Strategy Show.